leaders, you're listening to the Leading Her Way podcast, where you learn how to use your feminine strengths to think, act, and become the executive leader you've always wanted to be, while laughing, loving, and living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Bryan. I built my career from the streets of Brooklyn to the boardroom as a three-time Fortune 500 executive. Welcome to this shared space designed just for us to openly discuss topics at the intersection of leadership and womanhood that will help you grow your career and lead boldly. All right, let's get this conversation started. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of the Leading Her Way podcast, where we empower professional women to rise to the top in their organizations and industries to achieve their dreams of becoming executive leaders. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Bryan, and today we have a crucial topic to talk about, code switching, and why it's not the career strategy that will help you reach the executive level. To kick things off, Let's begin by defining what code switching is. Now, code switching is the act of changing your behavior, your language, or your appearance to fit into different social, professional, or cultural contexts. It's a common practice and it's often used to adapt to the dominant culture or to conform to workplace norms. Many professionals believe code switching is necessary for success, especially women who want to get into male-dominated senior leadership positions. Now, part of the reason I started this podcast is to create a safe place for you and me to have real conversations, to be able to go deeper on topics important to you than we would be able to do on social media. And frankly, to pull back the curtain on subjects that may be hindering your career growth that you may not even be aware of yet. Code switching is one of those topics. So before you brush it off or ignore it, I want you to settle in for this conversation. Get your pen out, get your paper out, get your phone out, wherever you take notes, get it out. Because you're likely code switching at work right now, but it's so ingrained in you that you may not even know it. That's how it was for me for a long time in my career. That's how it is for many of my clients today. And so it's likely that it's how it is for you too. Now, what does code switching look like in real life? Or in other words, what are some common examples of code switching? If you are someone who tones down your requests or your accomplishments at work to avoid being seen as pushy or bragging, that's a form of code switching specifically when it comes to negotiations and self-promotion. Or if you're someone who adjusts your clothing choices to fit into the workplace or the cultural norms of your workplace that go way beyond what maybe the official dress code might call for, that too is a form of code switching. Or because you already know that you want to get into the executive suite, you may be looking around and seeing how other people lead at that level and adjusting and making shifts to your own leadership style to emulate the more traditional masculine leadership traits that you see to be more assertive, more direct, and to be taken seriously. That is a form of code switching. Now I'm pointing that out because you've probably coming into this conversation with your own mis- 
conceived notions or misperceptions about what code switching is, when the reality is many of the things that we already do because we are trying to fit into the work environments that we are finding ourselves in on a day-to-day basis, they are also types of code switching, but we don't call it that. We don't see it that way because we've either been doing it for so long or it's so ingrained in us as what is what we think is expected of us. And another type of code switching that you might not see as such, but it absolutely is, is if you're a woman who takes on extra work or extra responsibility to prove yourself, especially if you feel the need to overcompensate for perceived biases or stereotypes in your organization. So consider this me holding up the mirror, right? This is me challenging you to think about and look at your behaviors and the steps that you take on a daily basis at work to ask yourself, is this me truly showing up as I am or am I code switching, meaning Am I altering my behavior and the way I think to try to fit in here because I think that is what's going to help me advance my career? Now, while some people might think code switching is a useful strategy to navigate corporate hierarchies, to navigate around company culture, um, to get to avoid company politics, it can have some serious drawbacks. And let's talk about why. The first drawback is authenticity. When you are constantly code switching, essentially what you're doing is you're hiding your true self. And this can lead to a total disconnect between who you are as a leader and your real authentic identity. And that makes it very difficult for you to build genuine connections with your colleagues, your superiors, your teams, your customers, your clients, et cetera. The second drawback is that it takes a huge emotional toll to code switch 24 hours a day. Code switching can be very emotionally draining. That constant effort to conform to different expectations and norms, particularly the ones that you believe, the ones that are in your mind, but that are not reality, it can lead to burnout and decreased job satisfaction. And then the third significant drawback is it stifles your creativity. So suppressing your authentic self can hinder your creativity and innovative thinking. And these qualities are essential for executive leadership roles. And in this day and age, people can spot and smell a fraud a mile away, right? They can see you coming before you even get there. So when you are constantly playing a role, it doesn't matter how great your acting skills are, how long you've been playing that specific role, there are subtle hints where there is a disconnect between who you really are and what you are showing up as. And people see that, organizations see that. So you are busy code switching and thinking that that is gonna get you in where it's actually repelling you. Like they are seeing it, experiencing it on a day-to-day basis and they don't feel connected to you 
They're playing the game of being connected to you just as much as you're playing the game of trying to connect with them. The other thing that I see happen, and I have conversations with women weekly about, is that you will be bragging about the fact that your company, your boss, or your colleagues don't really know you. They don't know me. They don't know what I'm all about. And as if that is something that is positive. Now, if that is you, meaning if you've ever said that or anything like that, or if you've even thought anything like that, I want you to pause for a second here and I want you to consider why. Why is it that you feel like you cannot be yourself at work? Now, some women have said to me, If I'm myself, they're going to use that against me. For example, if I talk about my children or if I talk about being a single mother, if I talk about, you know, my relationship with my partner or my my spouse, they're going to use that against me at some point in time, either to prevent the promotion that I want or to, um, you know, use it as an excuse if I don't do a project very well or something like that. Like they believe you might believe that the company will use that as ammunition against you. Other women have said to me, I don't wanna bother explaining everything. Like if I am talking about the concert that I went to um, you know, last, last night or this weekend to see Jay-Z, I don't wanna have to explain who Jay-Z is or why I love Jay-Z or why I'm a hip hop fan, for example, because they don't understand or they don't know that, that part of the, the culture. I don't want to have to be the representative explaining it all to them. And I get all of that. But there is a distinction between being who you really are versus opening up your personal life to your employer or to your colleagues or to your team. Those two things are not really one and the same. Being who you authentically are doesn't mean that your life outside of work has to be an open book to the people in your office. When we are talking about being who you are or showing up authentically or not code switching, what we're talking about is not compromising your values, not pretending to be someone who you are not. It's not necessarily, what we're not talking about is placing boundaries between your professional life and your personal life. That's completely understandable. Many of us do that. We should do that. It is healthy to do that. But what's not mentally healthy, healthy, excuse me, or emotionally healthy is when you are literally pretending to be someone who you are not. When you are literally coming to work and putting a cloak on, whether it is a literal or a physical cloak of some sort, if you're, you're dressing differently or showing up differently than who you really are. So I hope you can see the difference there, right? We are not talking about exposing yourself or sharing personal details about what's happening in your life or at home, your family, et cetera. You can do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that if there is a purpose for doing that, or if you have colleagues and friends at work that you trust, just know that every information you share, and frankly, 
every personal piece of personal information you don't share, that has consequences in some shape, form, or fashion. So for example, if you, for example, are up late on Tuesday night with the baby because the baby wouldn't sleep and you come into the office on Wednesday and you're completely exhausted, if you choose not to share that the baby was up all night and you didn't get as much sleep, when you don't, when you, you know, mess up your speech um, at the eight o'clock huddle in the morning, or if you, you know, are, you know, need some time for yourself at lunchtime, which you usually spend with coworkers, or you look, you're just not a hundred percent. And people realize that when you don't give them information that, okay, I was up all night with the baby, they're going to assume they're going to put their own information on it. She really just didn't like that project or, you know, she didn't um, prepare as well as she normally would have. So that's an example of when you don't share information or you choose not to share information about what's happening outside of work that has impacts on how you show up at work, how it could be detrimental or it could, um, you know, not work in your favor. Again, when you choose to share what's happening and when you don't choose to share what's happening, they do have, both of those situations have consequences. And I totally get how it can be confusing as hell to determine what you should be sharing, what you shouldn't be sharing, how you can show up authentically, how you could avoid code switching. Where is the line drawn between those types of things? And frankly, many women feel like they have split personality because they've gotten into a habit of bringing just a part of themselves to work out of fear or out of not being accepted or potentially crossing a line or breaking some type of unspoken rule. But on the flip side, it can be tremendously stressful pretending to be someone you're not at work or always having your guard up, which diminishes your productivity. Over the long haul, such stress can damage your well-being, and ultimately, you're shortchanging both yourself, your team, and the organization, because really, who can do their best work under those circumstances? So what are the best ways to be yourself at work while still remaining professional and setting yourself up to be considered for the executive suite? Okay, so now that we've covered what code switching is, what are some of the common scenarios, ways you might be code switching right now without even realizing it, why some women code switch or feel the need to code switch. Now I wanna move into some very tactical things that you can consider and you can reflect on that will help you stop code switching and hindering your career growth to the executive level. Five things. And if you haven't already taken out your paper, your pen, your phone to take notes, here is the time to bring it out. The first one is you got to know yourself, right? And it's not just about knowing yourself, but knowing yourself in relation to your workplace. Solicit feedback. Ask your coworkers, ones that you respect and you trust, to share their perceptions of you. Combine their input with your own reflections and use all of that information to help you decide 
how much and when to share personal stories and personal information at work. The second thing is know the purpose. Before you share any personal information, be clear on why you are sharing it. Is the personal information relevant to the work at hand? Is there a lesson that could be valuable for your coworkers or your customers to hear and to learn from? Are you trying to build trust or are you just trying to brag or be funny? Revealing personal information about yourself should serve a purpose other than making quote unquote friends or quote unquote entertaining people in the office. Number three that I want you to reflect on is know the truth. When you are sharing personal stories, don't exaggerate and don't lie. Be honest. Often people will exaggerate to make the story fit the situation, but eventually the truth comes out. And then when the truth comes out, your credibility will take a significant hit. So the best option is to be honest and tie the story directly to the message you want to convey. The fourth thing I want you to reflect on, and this is a big one. In fact, it's so big, I'm likely going to do a whole podcast episode just on this topic. But the number four is to know your organizational culture. Each workplace is different. And even within a single organization, culture can differ from department to department from team to team. So since not all cultures are the same, you should talk to your coworkers about the level of candor that is acceptable in your work environment. And here's a pro tip. You'll likely be able to observe what is okay and what is not okay by watching others. Your objective is to be yourself, but not at the expense of your own reputation. This one is really, really key because What I often see and what I often hear from my clients is that they want to just act like they're in their own home, right? And particularly now where there is so much um, remote working, when so many of us are literally spending every day in our house and, you know, dialing into work, essentially, many of us get confused about the line between professionalism and code switching and authenticity. So much so that people will be like, why I gotta dress up for work? If I'm in my own home or even if I'm going into office, why can't I wear sneakers and jeans and a t-shirt? If your work environment is not, that's not the dress code for your work environment, being authentic to yourself doesn't mean that you get to act in any way that you want wear whatever the hell you want, Um, you know, forget all protocols of uh, engaging with other people and sharing space and sharing and being a part of a team. It doesn't allow you, it doesn't give you the, uh, you know, the permission to be, go out and act like you in the wild, wild west. That's not what we're talking about. And because, and that's the exact reason why so many organizations are so stringent about the code of conduct, about, you know, dress codes, about workplace engagement. It's because it only takes one person, one individual who is not able to, uh, you know, act as part of a larger group to spoil it for everyone. And so you showing up as your true self 
and you stopping code switching does not give you permission to be a free for all for whatever the hell you want to do whenever the hell you want to do it. Particularly if you are a leader in that organization and you aspire to move into the executive suite. That's not how it works. And you probably already know that, but yet on a day-to-day basis, still questioning it and want to push against those boundaries. Don't do it, boo-boo. Okay, now that brings me to number five, which is know the need for boundaries. You may feel like you can discuss anything with family and friends, but that is not the same in the workplace, even when you are friendly with colleagues. And because there's a difference between being friends with someone and being friendly, right? There's a difference between your girlfriend who you go out on Sunday with sun, on, to Sunday brunch with, who you are hanging out with on, in the evenings. That's your friend. That's your girlfriend. Y'all grew up together. You talk about whatever. No topic is off limits. Boom. You can lay yourself bare. That is different than your girl, your friend, or your, the person you're friendly with, your female coworker at work, or your colleague that you are friendly with, and who is friendly with you, that's a different level of connection. That's a different level of openness. Historically, topics like sex, religion, and politics are ones to steer clear of in traditional workplaces. Unlike with a circle of friends, Most workplaces have documented policies and rules that govern acceptable behavior. You need to be aware of those policies at your company and adhere to them. Now you and I, and I wanna point this out, we are having this conversation as it applies to you in your current role, absolutely. But we're also having this conversation as it applies to you who is looking to be a representative of this company as you move up. And if not in your current company, you already know that you want to move up in leadership at another company. And so it still applies. You are not just looking at this through the lens of an employee, but you are looking at this through the lens as a steward of the organization, which makes it even more important to two things. One, know if and how you are showing up on a day-to-day basis and code switching. And two, stopping that behavior and showing up more authentically, both as a person who works in this workplace, but also a person who is adhering to the norms of the workplace as well. You can, they are not mutually exclusive. You do not have to code switch to adhere to the norms. And if you are code switching to adhere to the norms, I would challenge you to think about whether that is the place for you, whether that organization is the place where you can truly see yourself growing into a more senior leadership role because five, 10, 15 years of faking it, 20 years of faking it, that's a very, very long time. And that's a long time to be showing up as someone who you are not and to be representing a company whose values do not align with yours. Personally, that is not the career that I want or hope for you. And I would think that that's not the type of career that you want or hope for for yourself. Okay, so let's start wrapping up today's episode. 
the path to the executive level is not about conforming to someone else's expectations. It is not about code switching. It is about leading authentically. And why embracing authenticity can help you become executive leader? There are three reasons. One, it amplifies your influence and your trust. Authentic leaders are more likely to gain the trust and respect of their teams and their peers. And people follow those that they believe are genuine and true to themselves. Remember, they can spot the fakeness a mile away. And even those who actually make it to the executive suite by faking it, once they get there, the failure rate is significantly high. The second reason you wanna stop code switching and embrace authenticity is because of innovation. Authenticity fosters creativity and innovation. And as an executive bound leader, your ability to think outside the box and lead with authenticity can drive your organization's success. And then the third reason is resilience. As an authentic leader who is not focusing all of your time and energy code switching, you're better equipped to handle challenges and setbacks. And so your genuine self can serve as a source of inner strength and determination to get you through those tough times and to get your team through the tough times so you can shine on the other side. Leaders, you do not need to conform or code switch to advance your career at corporate. What you need to do is embrace who you really are and let that be your guide to the executive level. That is how you distinguish yourself. That is how you stand out positively in your work environment. And that is how you obtain your next promotion. Okay, thank you for joining me today on the Leading Her Way podcast. If you have questions or comments about code switching, you know where to reach me. Drop me a DM on LinkedIn and let's keep the conversation going. Until next time. That's a wrap for this episode of Leading Her Way. Thanks for tuning in. If you have thoughts, questions, or ideas for future topics, connect and send me a message on LinkedIn. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. Your review will help spread the word to other ambitious females so they know they're not alone and that this podcast is a community of support for all of us leading her way to the top. Remember, your leadership is needed. Your leadership is powerful. So lead boldly. Until next time.